you're exactly where you need to be. And you're listening to ADD Comedy with Dave Rosowski. Actor and writer Brad Morris is our guest today. Man, this was fun. Brad's a Second City alum who's presently on USA Network's comedy Playing House. He's been on Veep, Cougar Town, Key and Peel, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and The Office. Brad's also a member of the legendary improv crew known as The Reckoning, which plays at I.O. West on Thursdays. Boy, that's a great group. Crack crew. We talk about it. Oh, Brad is smart, funny, energized, and as glad to talk to me as I was to talk to him. Another episode where time ran out on us. Give us a listen. It's cool to finally be inside this place. I feel like I've, I've been you know, <laughs> audially in here, right. but it's, uh, right. it's great. Um, yeah, welcome to the apartment. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, sort of bits and pieces look familiar to me, but um, yeah, it's sort of like in the photos. Uh, have you ever been to? It's a great uh, place. I love it. Yeah. Have you ever been to um, Dealey Plaza in Dallas, where the president was shot? Uh, yeah. I don't know about you, but when I went there, oh wait, did you go to? Did you do the the improv fest down there? I never did the festival, the but Dallas. I did go to. You know what we were doing yeah, at the same time once. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe that was a festival. You and Tim, yeah, it was. Festival? You and Tim, yeah, and, and, and uh, Canali. And Joe Canali. Yeah, yeah, Fuck, yeah. And Molly Erdman was down there too. Right, and she and I did a show. Exactly. Together. Yeah. I fucking love that troupe. Oh man, me too. And um, I thought that venue's so great. Do you still get down there or no? N- no, I, I go down there periodically. Okay. Uh, when they when they call me, I'll go down there. Or if I feel like, oh, it's about time I go down there. Yeah. I'll kind of uh, go fishing for yeah. for it, and they're, they're really There's good. No, they moved. Down they, there. moved. Oh, they, they moved. They moved to a great venue. My understanding is a really bigger really? venue. Yeah, yeah. It what, what's weird to me is so. What's weird, what's always weird to me is when people have an idea and then they do something. Yeah, I'll give you. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh my, absolutely. You know I mean? Well, the idea, the idea is uh, the idea. That's very foreign to me. The, the idea yeah. is like, oh, I got this idea. I'm gonna turn this fan on. Yeah, I got this idea, and we're gonna do it. And then, so it was Amanda Austin. Amanda, that's Amanda right. Amanda Austin. Yeah, she's great. In Dallas, and uh, so Amanda goes, "I'm gonna do this." And I remember her talking about it, uh, talking about because uh, I was in Austin, and she was in Austin, Amanda yeah. Austin, Austin, and we were talking, and Joe Bill was there, and we were saying. I remember, t- oh no, no, maybe it's a soft run. It fucking doesn't matter, Dave. Right, right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and she said, I, I want to start this theater. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. People do shit. Yeah, right. They think about shit right. and they do yeah. it. And then you go down there. Yeah. And, and it's there a bar. It yeah. A whole deal. It's a whole fucking yeah. deal yeah. in Deep Ellum. Right and, down there. And uh, I found the, both the audiences and then I taught a workshop during the day and I thought that the students were on it and totally... Um, Open and yep. supportive of each other, and I was yep. like, well, "They're doing it right." And it's, they're doing uh, it right. Yeah, but I think that most people nowadays are doing it right. I think you're right. You know. Yeah. Uh, I I look at it and I go, "Who isn't doing it right?" If they call us down there and they're fucking. Yeah, doing yeah, it that's right. right. That's right. That's you a know, good way to look at it. Because uh, the people that aren't calling us down there, I don't know. There's also people that when I go to London. It's weird to go to London because you, you, when I teach in London, I go down, I go out there. Oh, that sounds so and the, great. It's really, really fun. Yeah. It, I'm telling you, Brad, you could do is it, it. Is it, is it, it. Um, Mike O.T.'s place? Is no, it's Jewel Munns. He has a place okay. called The Nursery. And uh, it's really, really cool. And another guy who just went, I'm going to do this. And here's the thing. You would think, oh, London, you know, they must have a lot. Of the, the, the theater tradition is, is large in London. And here's the thing. It's all new to them. Well, that's the thing. That's Walk what's through. so exciting about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's all new to them. Isn't that amazing is that it's still brand new to so many people? I mean, even in L.A., coming here five years ago and going, oh, wow, the hunger for this is... It, it, it feels somehow more fresh, maybe just because I was not expecting it. Right. And it was an expectation that it would be like, oh, it's very... Um, Industry related here, and and you uh, thought that that was your that was my expectation, right, right? Right. And then I got here and I went, oh no, actually, they're just hungry to see really cool stuff, and they're just a little behind in terms of a timeline. I also think that I mean, you're on a fucking rocking team, a rocking cast. I'm going to call it mm-hmm. the Reckoning, yeah. a really great cast, and you've got, you know, you and I both had this provenance that we're coming from this this place. And I believe that the work that you're doing, and I believe that the work that uh, what's it called Cook County Social yeah. Social Club, Social those Club, guys, yeah. what they're doing, and uh, uh, there are some groups that that every I'm going to say this, and this is going to be no, cool. yeah, totally. Every other group needs to go the fuck away, <laughs> and this is the reason: is people have to start watching how this shit is done because. Um, I have a friend who's taking classes at a place, and her beef is this: there's no nobody's doing it so that we can watch people do it. So in London, you can have all the greatest teachers that you want there, but if they don't have somebody that's there when we're not there teaching. That's right. I mean, I think that's right. And it's always been the case. And I know that you can point to the people that you watched and you can still reference them and feel good about saying, these were the great people that I learned from. And different learning, obviously, from taking a class and watching, right? And... um, and I always think it's interesting because, like, you know, I'm sure you're the same way, but when you're a little kid, you're not really learning. Like, the seeds are being planted to do the stuff that we do. But it's really you're watching television and you're watching movies and you're going, like, I really dig what this guy and this lady do. It, it, the sensibility, the choices, all that kind of stuff. Who was it for you? Oh, God. Just watching so much. Like, well, Steve Martin for me, like, really early on. My dad was. How old are you? My dad was that like, real high low guy in that way, where, but mostly low. It was like Dangerfield. I'm 40. Okay. It was like Dangerfield. Uh, he loved, like, the slapstick guys and the big broad Who are the guys. slapstick guys? Stooges, Buster. W.C. Fields a little bit, too. He, you know, he showed me a lot of old stuff, which I really. Now looking so back, you I'm remember so that. I'm, I'm just you know, yeah, yeah, the please, fuck out of you. Please. You remember that, and when you said showed you, yeah. was it, come here, Brad, sit on my lap? Or it was, was it, let's go to the movie? It or, was, let's go to the movies, whether it was at the Village or Facets or, or Music Box oh, and all these places, right. because I grew up in the city and I was able to go and actually You didn't do just this grow shit. up in the city. You grew up where the, you know, you, grew, you just named a couple places. Oh. Um, Three Penny? Three Penny, Three totally. Penny, the Village. Absolutely. Like, the Biograph, village. even for a time, showed right. really cool stuff, too. Right, and mm-hmm. you got the Biograph across the street from the Three Penny, and these were fucking, and Lakeview, the Lakeview, the Lakeview. Yeah, Lakeview. yeah, totally. And, uh... No, I grew up with it, I grew up with a, with a, with a dad and a mom that were like, what, what you know... That's crazy shit, dude. Well, when you grow up in a city, think about it, especially in a cold-ass city, I mean, it's your hometown, too, um, that was what you did on the weekends, you know, either rented, and I remember going around the corner to Abba's video, yes. which you probably yes. remember, yes. and we had our account there, and they would like Your let me take there. stuff out, and there was like Jesus. that creepy part of the back of the store There's where all the porn was, part. like it's like, looking back on that, you had to like stand there, and people were like, I, like, oh my God, I was like renting, you know, 
um, going berserk while probably like my history teacher was getting like you know uh, Zelig and exactly and then some porn so yeah it's really right. no and that that whole thing that people don't and here's the thing about that that time period that time period where there were where you had an account at a video store was probably. 12 years maybe 15 yeah. years yeah. at the most totally it was that's it yeah. it was it was we thought and at that time we thought that was going to be around a yeah. long fucking time absolutely and i and it was the same sort of thing where where i thought the sound of a modem was yeah, going absolutely. to be that sound too. Totally. Where you're going to go, that's with us our entire life. That's right. That was only maybe seven years or eight years, if that much. And it goes so fast. And then to bring it back to what you're talking about, being able to watch good groups, you know, um, that to me hasn't changed. And so, like, you know, for you, who were the people that you watched when you were when you were oh. really coming up? That you like, you can point to a, a show improv. or a group. I talk about improv, improv, improv. improv. Yeah. Oh, it's clearly well. Keep in mind this, yeah. and I'm gonna. Uh, this is this is just. And, and it was one of these things that I, I talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, did I imagine this, or did this is this something that can be substantiated? Sure. And uh, I was talking to Sharna Sharna Halpern uh, the other day, and she said, "Well, you know, Dave, you were on the second house team." And I went, "The second house team." Now, when you say the second house team, Barons, and then there was us. Yeah. And that was it. Unbelievable. Now, you look at that and you go... Barons okay. group. Yeah, Barons. So yeah, I look yeah. at Barons. Yeah, I mean, Dave Pesquazy, John Judd. You look at Bill Russell. You look at all these fucking people. John Judd, just for example. And I don't know that a lot of people will know who that guy is. Right. But pound for pound, I put him in the same category in terms of just like pure acting chops and improvisational chops is anyone else who's ever come through town. And I know that's not the road he decided to kind of stay with, but yeah. I got to do a pilot with him years ago. And I kind of... In Chicago? Yeah. And it was a, this independent pilot. And uh, Pasquese was part of it. And Judd was part of it. And I was so blown away by just being around all those people. Mary Beth Monroe was in it. TJ was in it. But Judd, just because I didn't know him as well... Um, it blew me away. And then his, realizing that his wife was like the other kindergarten teacher at Parker. Shut yeah. up. She came a little bit right, after I was through. Right. But yeah. Lovely lady. Yeah, yeah. So, so sweet. Lovely, totally. lovely. Yeah. Oh, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Whenever, whenever you think of Karen. Karen, Karen Judd. I think that's her name. I think that might yeah, be it. I don't, it sounds familiar. It could but, be it. But I remember when I think about John, I, I, I always think about his wife. Yeah. And, yeah. and <clears throat> the interesting thing, one of the many interesting things that you're saying uh, that hooked me in is that idea of them being as good as having the acting chops as, as anybody else going up there and I think that what ends up what really happens is this if you and I are in and I've mentioned this before but not in this way but if you and I were in a play Mm -hmm. and we're doing a play we we are proud of the fact that we call ourselves actors and we're proud of the fact we call ourselves actors and we work on the craft of acting and then when people come through they will see that Brad and David are in a play together and I fucking love watching those two guys on stage Uh, but when you're improvising you don't and it's because we've we've removed acting from improvisation and because we've removed acting from improvisation that what ends up happening is people go oh I'm doing this cute little thing on the fucking side as opposed to which is what I say all improv is acting improv is acting and fucking start saying it because I'm sorry I'm just motherfucking role is is that idea of when I've watched I've watched some people do turns in improv that I have not seen that, that not that I've not seen I've seen people do turns in improv 
that are the equivalent to the turn that was in the second act of uh, of August Osage County when that one you know the, you know the play oh, yeah. where the one character goes oh, I'm in charge now that's right and then it's fucking sure. one, and you go what just happened totally well but 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 I think it's really interesting because you know you are um, to turn my kombucha off uh, you know you are from uh, I think a, a specific time where also. All those guys that are part of Barons, okay, and your generation. Barons Barracuda, just for people to know, was, was the house team when when Dell Close and Sharna Helping started the what became the long the, the the home of long form, if you will, at least the the, the Eden, the birthplace of long form, the the fertile delta um, <laughs> <laughs> of long form. Um, there was a house team that that the first team that was put together called Barons Barracudas, and a lot of those people they set the tone for what a herald was. And it, and, it, and it really, to me, and I know that the you know all those guys would go like, well, during that time, like those people came up watching some of the people at Second City in the eighties, and you know, and you can kind of you can you can make those connections. But I think what's really interesting is, you know, to tie it back to the first thing you're talking about, in, in having a great group that students and new performers can really watch. You know, I remember going to see Trio. Uh, when I was a student on Sunday nights, which was Steph Weir Steph and Tallarico uh, and Dassey. Okay. And it blew me away. Now, TJ and Dave also blew me away, but it was in a different way. It was the three versus the two. It was seeing a woman also be able to, on really as many nights, if not more, be, be the person that blew me away the most. Um, seeing a group truly that had a woman in it, because especially, as you know, from starting out, there weren't a lot of ladies that were doing it. Um, she could play an old man character, a little boy character, and then all the women that you needed to have there. Uh, obviously... And, and, and fucking carry the day. Like, stay carry the day. She, she's one of those people that a you force. go, national fucking treasure. For, a force. And, and she just now force. maybe starting to be recognized a little bit for being as good as she is. Which oh my is god, but it's one of those things where we all know that totally. everybody has and I and whoever you know, the idea of, of, of you going, When's my time? or whatever the fuck you wanna say. It's like just fucking do your just work do and the pe- and what's gonna happen is and I've been really using this phrase, I'm trying to clean up this word, creative metastasizing. And what that oh, is okay. is it's the idea of, of it growing and growing and growing and growing and, and it's organic yep. and it's not necessarily it's cumulative. It's cumulative. Yeah, totally. Which is what it all it, it's what it should be but you know um, in London in New York in Chicago in LA it's easy if you've had the experience both of watching greatness uh, improvisationally on a consistent basis meaning two or three groups that are just eight out of ten times that you see them really inspiring you, you and, know? and when they when they're when they're not when they're not hitting the mark um, you're able to watch them not hit the mark. And you're able to see how they work when they don't hit the mark. Totally. The same way that people who are, you know, big football fans and they're students of the game and they can really pick it apart and watch and you can really, you can sort of read between the lines and see what's happening. Um, but, you know, it is, it's a bummer. Um, and I think it's changing a little bit. But, like, it's a bummer that all the, th- like... I think people sometimes will go like Ascat or Armando are the shows. These are structures. Uh, these are structures. yeah. These are these are these are, are, are forms. But it's sort of populated with great individual players. But inherently, those shows are not the best shows because it's a bunch of people that are great individual players being thrown into a pot together. And 
within that show, you can get moments. Occasionally there's a cohesive show that really is a nice piece. But the truth of the matter is, you want to go see the bands that have been playing together for a long time. And I'm just as excited to watch a group that's been together for a year that has the same, you know, sort of um, excitement to be there and it's really on their shit as I would with a group that's been doing it for 15 years. Yeah, God, know? I totally understand. Yeah. I totally understand. Uh, 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 and how long have you guys been together? The Reckoning got put together by Sharna, which for all the things that people can say about her that's negative... I can never. Uh... I never say. Any, I, I got to tell you, <coughs> I don't say negative things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, and I, I mentioned on the podcast. I got to tell you, if if you are aware of who, you know, here you go. If you're aware of Chris Farley, is who Tina Fey is, who Amy Poehler is, who, uh, and then then you go to Matt uh, Matt Walsh. Uh, sure. You go to uh, you know my God if you're aware right of all those line. fucking totally. people, Sharon well, M- McKay, was, all those Adam folks, McKay. You know? If you like the Big Short, Adam McKay. Um, if you like what you know. Favreau's even now directing these insanely Absolutely. big movies, all these types of things. I think I think sometimes it's easy to look at her as like a, a, a grumpy landlord because she's the person who has to pay the bills. And, she has and, never done and anything kind of to me. I mean, she me either. And by the way, I don't. I'm not down to people that have their own reason because I get it. It's also you don't get on a good team. Which, by the way. I feel very strongly about this. Being a great player and being on a great team are two completely different things. And you do need... Now, you can get to a point where you put your own group together. Right. That's something different. Like TJ and Dave were like, let's do a show together. Um, when you do your shows, you get the... You know, you and Carrie, let's do a show together. The Reckoning is a group, you know, like your group. Sharna put that group together. How many years ago? 2000 and... Oof, three. Okay, great. So, so you're talking about years ago, it's, you know, bar years mitzvah. Ago? It's your bar mitzvah. Totally. And the, and the idea of exactly. 13 exactly. years ago, you've got fucking 13 years. She put that together. And and that she put that together. Did she put the family together? Yeah. We're, I'm getting, we're getting inside yeah, baseball totally. here. You know, she put that together. She put the family together, which is another cast that was just an Absolutely. amazing cast. Absolutely. And to look at that. And I also, when, when I do that, I think about, okay, let's talk about this. So you got... Sharna putting that great cast together and the and the the the, the synthesis uh, getting energy from energy to, uh, you know that that mm-hmm. synergy yeah. the synergy that you get from that and and then everybody watching that and going oh that's fucking terrific and you okay, get a woman putting this group together okay Joy Sloan oh yeah Second City Joy Sloan putting the cast together and the cast that, yes. that she put together yes. that I was in yes. was you know and I've mentioned before Steve Carell Steve Colbert you know uh, 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 Amy Sedaris uh, Fran Adams Ruthie Rudnick Jackie Hoffman Scott I mean, Holman Scott Adson like the fucking cast to to be a member of the cast of the of the it ended up I guess it was my last show there, the uh, 50th anniversary show at Second City. Right. They, and I was a senior member of the cast, so they said, you know, here's the running order, what would, what would you like to introduce? And I introduced Maya, because it's one of my, and there's no way you would remember this, but, <coughs> you know, two shows, I got to do it. And um, to see you guys, you know, uh, Allman included, you know, uh, just right down the line, to see you guys get together and and remount a scene like that, which is born out of such pure improvisational... Because that particular scene, if people don't know, at least legendarily, and I'd love to know, you know exactly how you remember it, but essentially it was out of an improv set, correctly? And and then it was sort of written on top of that. Is well, they... I think, my understanding, okay. my memory, yes. and I'm going back yeah. from 94, 95, yeah. uh, not those many years, but the year... 
um, <laughs> is uh, uh, that those guys brought it in on okay. a Tuesday. Okay. Okay. They've just brought the idea in on a Great. Tuesday. But here's the thing about that. They, so the scene is called Maya, and if you want to YouTube it, you can YouTube it. And Second City's got M A Y A. One of my YouTube all time, all time. I mean, on one hand, maybe maybe favorite of all time. I mean, it was to get to introduce that was insane. But go ahead. I, yeah. I, it, it was. <laughs> I wasn't well. I, I was. I was on the. I was. I was on the the stage. You know, I was backstage while you were introducing. Yeah, me. yeah. Totally. Um, uh, uh, it's not a blur because I remember every fucking moment of that. Um, so, so they brought it. They brought this scene in during a rehearsal process for the show, <coughs> and um, uh, they brought that scene in during a rehearsal process, and um, they brought it in uh, on Tuesday morning because you go Tuesday through Friday is when you re- would rehearse the show during the day they brought it in that Tuesday they said that we have this idea everyone I know what, uh, I'm going to do uh, 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 and we just went in yeah. in the order that we went in yeah. uh, and we entered and that was it it's as just... soon as you watch all that now here's an interesting thing about that fucking scene because I watch it all yeah, the, yeah, I watch it a yeah. lot. I watch it a lot because I teach it. Yeah. I, I use that scene. Yeah. So if anybody remembers, and this is again inside base. So you walk in the scene. The first line on the scene is like, "That was a long train ride." Yeah. Um, uh, uh, thanks for coming. When I come home, yeah. uh, when I come to my hometown, yeah. I'm, I'm feel like I'm a different person. Right. And Carell goes, "Yeah, I know. Me too." Yeah. So at the end of the scene, Steve Carell is an old black woman. That's right. At the beginning of the scene. Steve Carell is an old black woman. That's he just right. doesn't fucking that, that's know it right. yet. That's right. That's he doesn't right. know it yet. That's right. And you watch that scene so many times. And here's the thing. I think people who were in that scene didn't realize that that the fuck is going on. No. And anybody who says that there isn't magic in what it is that we're doing. And here's the fucking thing. Oh, yes. So, uh, I'm wondering how, how honest I should be here. No, I'm going to say it. Um, Laura, my girlfriend, is taking classes at I.O. and she comes back and she tells me about some of the scenes that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And the big thing that we're that she and I talk about is this. There's a scene I've never seen before. There's a scene I've never seen before. You fucking owe it to yourself yeah, to right. do the scene that you've never seen before. <coughs> and if you're talking about... You know, oh, thank you so much. Thank if, you. you're, if you're doing a scene that we've seen before... <clears throat> Fucking stop. And when I say stop, what I mean is in the middle of that, if you feel like this has been done before, totally. knock it the fuck off totally. and call yourself on totally. it. 100%. 100%. Because you're uh, not going to get the fucking magic that comes no. from that no. No. first time no, true. doing it. It's really true. Uh, but I really think that, like, you know, down the line in that scene, you know, and maybe, and maybe some people would disagree, but I, I really think that you know, Second City's tradition all the way back to the very beginning, but especially displayed in that scene is the thing that you just talked about before. Improvisers have to be actors too, right? They have to be actors. Right. And if you, when you enter, and I don't want to pooch the scene for people that haven't seen it, but when you enter, if if you don't buy that you are, you know, this guy who has been missing Colbert's character okay, oh, yeah, saying, yeah. Th- then it doesn't work no. if, if, if you don't buy that Carell is wide-eyed and and leaks the the discovery of it in little pieces along the way the scene doesn't work no if if Colbert doesn't sell it and commit in the way that he is now famous for doing the scene doesn't work right and so it's uh it's really cool to like to like that scene to me and, and i and i've used that in, in teaching before too to to make people understand 
how to create a creatic. Uh, I'm sorry, create a clean comedic premise, and and the execution through commitment and acting is is ultimately what sells it through. And know? and being in the moment while you're while you're oh. and to be because my, my thing these days is say if you the product of improvisation is the process of improvising. That's all that it is. Yeah. What it is that we're doing is what it is that it is. Yeah, that's what right. it is that we're doing is what it is that it is. That's right. And what it is that we're doing because what it is that we're doing is what it is that it is. We. <laughs> cannot let ourselves get ahead of ourselves or get behind ourselves because then we're not committing to that moment that we're in that Totally, moment. totally agree. Totally, totally agree. And one of the things that, so because you, you wrote, you've, you've written, you've been staffed on how many shows? Uh, I don't know, three, four, something like that. I so mean, you look at a show like Cougar Town. Uh-huh. And you, and, and, uh, uh, and your design, the design here is that you're writing for characters that are already established and that you, you, you have, there is a, uh, yes, each one is an individual unit, each show right. is an individual unit, but you also have to th think about things like, um, being true to the Bible that was written about these characters. Absolutely. You also have to be true to the relationships between the two people that are happening. You totally. also have to do this, and I think that, that, I don't know if you think about this, you probably don't, that when this fucker goes into syndication, you, I don't know if you do think about that, the idea that if this thing goes into syndication, you don't want to have it so that any fucking thing is standing out, so you can't have, you know, individual. I, I, I certainly didn't think about, about any of that stuff because, you know, when I came out here five years ago, it was, you know, I'm coming out here to act and 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 I'm going to improvise because that's what keeps me sane, and it's what I love more than anything. And and uh, and then I'll try to get some auditions and um, and it went all right. But Emily Wilson and I, who were great performing buddies from both IO and main stage cast. And the main stage is where we really got to essentially try some scenes out in the improv sets that we were told pretty immediately, like, these are really funny for us, but they're never going to make it into shows. And, and you know how that goes. Generally, you kind of let those go, but occasionally you go, God, that really just makes us laugh so much. And Emily was working on spec script, and I was giving her notes, and I had been a writer's assistant in a different life when I was just... Like put on my first Herald team at I.O. with this Joan Cusack show that you might this was like two ninety nine or two thousand. I like her. She's fantastic. She's I like amazing. Her. I yeah. like her. I like Anne. I like Billy. Yeah, right. Like, fucking those yeah. people are really great. Cool people. parents. I remember really being cool parents. parents. And, yeah. And that Evanston. Uh, Evanston's just Evanston, good people, man. right? Evanston like, really is yeah. good people. And there's something about it, you know, if you're paying too much in property tax, you better get some. <laughs> That's right. But <laughs> No, but but uh, we, we wrote a script together kind of you and as a way to keep in touch because she and her husband are still back there. My wife and I were out here. And then we ended up selling the script, which was really fluky. It rarely happens. And that led to this opportunity to write in Cougar Town. And, you know... Who was the showrunner? Uh, Bill Lawrence is the guy who created that show, and he really was the showrunner the first year we were there. But when you're talking about that stuff, we were hired for season four of what would end up being six seasons. So we're really walking into a room where it's all established. It, the train is just flying down the tracks. And so you really... The whole gig is to learn how everyone talks, and uh, and to not mess with it too much. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and, which and is different from working on, you know, like I just helped uh, on this uh, in the room on this Andrew Dice Clay show for Showtime, which is like a curb 
esque show about this guy in his life right now, which is sort of like fall from grace, you know, guy who everyone thinks they know from being from the act that he did for so long, <laughs> um, but that he's actually like this neurotic, sweet, you know, fifty, you know, six year old, yeah. I don't know, uh, yeah. a Jewish guy named Andrew Silverstein who's got two grown boys who are trying to make it in a band and all this stuff. But to I go don't want to say, yeah. but, but just just yeah, please, please. hold hold that thought. I mean, for me, I don't know. I, for me, the turning point with 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 Andrew Dice Clay mm-hmm. was the Woody Allen movie. It, well, so one hundred percent, Blue Jasmine is the only reason. Which is isn't that like so crazy that. You know, we have all these different technologies and all these different ways. People are always telling you, like, you got to get your stuff out there and blah, blah, blah. And it goes back to the thing you said. If you just do, you just kind of just do your thing and, you know, you're honest about what it is you're doing, then if it's working, someone eventually will notice. Now, I get it. I mean, there was a long time there where he wasn't really very busy. Um, there was a long time there where he was really fucking busy. When there was a long time where he was really busy, but right. he had to kind of reinvent himself. And Blue gotcha. Jasmine sort of reframed him, and people went, oh, I kind of get it. He's like, I buy him being a little downtrodden, because he is now. Right. Um, he does not live uh, extravagantly or glamorously. He lost, essentially, all his money because he was a gambler. Um, and so, but yeah, but Woody, you know, and I never get the Woody, like, casting thing. Like, I don't know who really does that. If it's just Woody watches... Something or he reads an article and he goes like, "I want to get this person." Because my understanding is, it's it's. I know Pasquazzi did a little thing in, in a Woody Allen movie. But yeah, like, he did. But in, but but like in he Italy. Had, he put himself on tape. Okay. I think, but I don't know that that's the case for everyone. And it may right. just be like, I want Andrew Dice Clay to play this part, and someone just gets a phone call from their agent and they go, "Oh, uh, okay." But I I whenever I see a Woody Allen movie, you know, the black and the white. Yeah, totally. The, yeah. Like the one thing that I do recall is casting by. Well, there's definitely someone who casts it. But yeah, I'm gonna, but I just. I, oh, I see. And so I don't want to take credit away from. No, you know how it works. Where sometimes casting is there to facilitate, and sometimes they're actually like pitching and pitching, and you just I don't know with Woody Allen. My guess is, and I should know. It's probably a little bit of both. Right. You know, it's probably right, him right. being a fan of someone and then the casting person being a fan of someone. But. Yeah, and when you do that, it's really important, I think, to have a fucking <coughs> open idea of what it is and op- uh, to, to say, I'm open for this casting. I might have written it for this one person, but now I'm totally. writing for another one. And any, uh, I might have written it for this person, but now I'm seeing this other person. And anybody who's ever been a fan of The Godfather knows that Francis Ford <laughs> Coppola had the hardest fucking time. with. He had these ideas of who these people were going to want. And he had a fight like Absolutely. a motherfucker to get Pacino in Absolutely. there. And, you know, James Caan could have been somebody else. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, and, 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 and Marlon Brando. And oh, yeah. are pain. But you look at this and it's like, what, again, go, go, we go back to synergy. We go back to the energy that you get from the people that you're working with. And when you're on, when you're on set watching these people, you fucking get it. That's why casting is so amazing. And the people that are really good at it, I think they have a skill, there's an art to it, that is truly in its own sort of class because you're not just saying I see some I see something in this person that I know is it starts with I think this person does good work okay so it starts there but within that I read the script when I see this character I think it could go this way but it also could go that way and when it when you suddenly have unexpectedly found someone who you wouldn't think would be right for that role. And I mean those are those are now, you know, sort of industry stories that legendary. Go on. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Legendary, yeah. legendary stories. It was like, oh, uh, it was originally going to be a brick. Well, in a, in a very 
in a very tiny way, the role that I play on playing House, when I went in, I had gone in to read, when they were recasting Adam Pally's role, Lennon and Jess brought me in, and uh, I had never met them, and it, and it ended up going to this guy, Luca Jones, who's a busy actor guy, but from that, they when they were doing their new show for USA, Playing House, they, uh, they asked me to come in to read for the part that I now play on that show, which is Bruce, who's like the baby daddy, but when I went in the first day, it was a bunch of guys that looked like Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. He was described as a blue-collar guy. Right. So blue-collar already, you kind of go like, well, I don't know, is Brad, can he be a blue-collar guy? Well, like, sure, like his name, you know, I think it became Bruce Caruso. I think initially it was these burly guys in flannels with big beards and, like, kind of looked like they work at a mill. Right. And then suddenly it was like, well, why can't he kind of, like, work, like, guys that look like that work in construction, too. Right. And he kind of maybe is doing something that works... In, 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 in sort of the larger way. And so when I went in for the callback, it was me and then like four other guys that looked like me. And I went, oh shit, I don't even know if I'm if I'm proud or really pissed right now. I guess I'll just do the same thing I was right, doing. Right, but, um, right. but my casting is really wild like that. And you never know. And, and the dice thing, uh, uh, writing for a new show versus an old one and, and having to put on a different set of ears and go... I'm going to pitch an idea here. I, I, I need it to be consistent with the voice of who these characters are, but there's a little more room to to find it together the right. way that you would with a new improv group. Yeah. Even, you know? Right. So that's kind of cool, too. And to have the surprises come and for somebody to go, oh. I fucking never thought about that. Yes. And, th- and that's one of the reasons that we do, for me, I feel like that's one of the reasons that we do that. It's it's uh, in... in uh, Jonah Lehrer wrote this book called Imagine, and in this book, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, you know it's not about the Beatles, but it's the idea of <laughs> imagine. It's the idea of being surprised at be, being surprised at being surprised. So we can be surprised, and then we get to be surprised at being surprised. So one of the things that that comes out of that of that experience that you just told me for me is like yeah, I got a job to do, but fuck man, I get to do this too that I didn't realize, and 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 that only comes I think when. When you're present to what it is that you're doing, where you go, whoa, I didn't realize that. Yes, yes, that's right. A hundred percent. And I think that that's also like, that's sort of, that, that's sort of the sweet spot for me in life is like, the more I can, and it's, you know, it's that thing that we learn when we're training in improvisation, if you had good teachers, which is sort of, you know, and you see it on the UCB, it's sort of the Dell, you know, don't think. Um, oh, and they're... they're, they're uh, yeah, and I get it, and there's things. different ways to say it, but right. essentially it's like, be present in the moment to the most um, you can be, and and then see what's possible when you do that. Now, mm. I wait, don't know... And then see what's possible, and then see what's possible when you do that, and then see... Wait, hold on. Be in the moment and then see what's possible. Then you're able to, to see what's possible. And that's that's it. Yeah. That's the one thing. You're yeah. able to see what's possible. Because when you go, what's possible, there's a lot of questions. Instead of saying, then you're able to see. Because when you're going, oh, well, I can see well, this. Well, Ramus always had this quote that I, it always stuck with me, which is like, you know, people want to, yes, it was people always want to go, well, what's the thing you really want to do? Because you, you write, you act, you, you know. And the thing is like, you know, I could tell you right now, I would, I would, I would love to have 
to be a part of an ensemble. I really love collaborating. It's always, you know, that's why I'm not a stand-up, and it's why we do this kind of work as opposed to other kinds. I love being part of an ensemble. When I look at a show like Veep, or I look at some of these great ensemble comedies, whether they're workplace or family shows, it's like, you know, that would be pretty great because then you have the on-screen fun, the, the work that you're doing that way, but then you really are part of, even on Playing House, there's this great, it's, you know, it's Jessica and, and Lennon who are, you know, UCB trained, but the same kind of DNA, and Keegan, right. and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, Zach Woods, and these are right. just like people that we all speak the same language, right? and they're all good people. Yes, and everyone's they're all good people. Good people. They're all fucking good people. You know what I mean? Keegan is such a fucking good people. He's just good people. God He's damn it. He's just good people. Jordan Peele is good people. These are yeah. all just like really good people. And you know what's really weird is that there's other really good people, I just said the opportunity to spend a day watching Zach Galifianakis do some stuff on a show that I was writing on recently and his improv show? And improvising wait his ton. show uh, uh, no, no, okay. no but how great is that <laughs> how great is Louis Anderson as his mother I mean it's just it's amazing uh, thank god that cable is getting to do see that's the whole thing stuff, that's right? the whole thing and, and, and what ends up happening is and if you want to look at that I know that you're going somewhere else with that but I, if you want to look at that and say okay when we first started in Chicago in, in 88, 89, 76 yeah. whatever it was like there were three places and then what ended up happening was everything became very ins- it became a, everything looked like everything else right, right and then Mick started doing the you know My we started god. doing the annoying stuff and then the shit went like that started being that and then people peeled off from that stuff and that's what's happening now the um the the venue the medium the medium the fact that there are more medium media mick, medium mick so far ahead of his time in a lot of ways but the way that i think has been most you know uh, meaningful to to the world that we all live in now is by encouraging people who, who are all there to do the stuff that we all do, to follow their instincts so much so that they bust through all the walls that we're always putting up. And that in some cases, to be fair, when you're training in improvisation, there are rules. Some people see the rules and they can only see the rules. And that's really rough and it won't allow you to kind of grow the way you need to grow. And to go to a place like that where there are still rules, but he's, he's identifying what makes people who they are and what makes them special and to get, you know, to work with him on a main stage show but mm-hmm. then to train at the Annoyance. I never trained at Second City. I trained at I.O. and I trained at the Annoyance. Mm-hmm. And the Reckoning, this was a cool thing, we went and went through the Annoyance as a group. Oh! So we had already been a team for like a year and a half and then we went through. Who did you take classes with then? Mick, um, Sutton, Bill. I mean, you know, they're just uh, it was uh, it was it was it was amazing, and to do it as a group when we already had this like strong foundation, and also it kind of I think it kind of challenged us both as a group and individually because we didn't announce like we're a group and we're here taking classes. It was just a bunch of friends that happened to know each other, um, and it was when they were in that interim space on Lincoln, yes, upstairs, upstairs. yeah, yeah. Um, the tap room, like, yeah, down the yeah, right, yeah, and. Uh, but I mean, I think Mick, like you know, I'm, I've learned so much from him. But it's uh, when you look at something like Baskets, you know, even though you uh-huh. can't connect Mick to Baskets, right. Zach Galifianakis, yeah, Zach like show. even Colbert, who I know, you know, references Mick. Um, 
there's a type of comedy that is is now you know call it whatever you want to call it but it, it's more subversive and it's more personal all at once and even transparent in the Soloways you know who who I know came through there and you, yeah. and you think about this um, he really found this really interesting way to take what was already happening in Chicago and I think heighten it you know inviting people to kind of have a place to go that wasn't Second City and wasn't I.O. where they could really be weird and when I say weird not weird for weird's sake I mean weird like free to be whatever you think you are and that is way different than Second City absolutely it's way different than I.O. even Sharna would tell you that you know it's like we can all say that we're supportive of everyone being who they are, but when you do it the way that Mick and Jen have been doing it for that long, they're actually saying, we're not just saying in an improv set to do that. We're saying, come over here and mount a show, right. and we'll support it. I mean, that's pretty crazy. I, yeah. I remember when we first started out, where we, we came, we were working out of Cross Currents uh, on Wilton and Belmont in yeah. Chicago, and then we went, and then Mick, Mick and I and a few other people we wanted to do something else uh-huh. and people I don't think were doing games then yeah you know they weren't really doing games as far as I knew yeah. but we had ideas like long form there was a long form game like Queen for a Day and you won the lottery and what if you couldn't speak English and you know like right, those right, sort of right, right. and we cast them yeah. from people who were cast away from the Herald teams because Sharna was, you know, teaching totally. and teaching classes. And it's like, I remember thinking, what are we going to do with all these people? And we, what we did, and Sharna, God bless her, yep. gave us a space and, you know, yep. let us use a space totally. in that building and went, go. Yep. And we use all, we, we, we cast cool. people who weren't part of yeah. a group yeah. and when you cast people who aren't part of a group they start seeing they start going oh my god I wasn't part of a group now I'm part of a group and what is it that we really want it goes back to you saying like you want to work in an ensemble group you you don't want to do stand up I don't want to do stand up yeah. and people that do do stand up I get it I totally fucking get it but for me I have worked mostly with partners yeah. and mostly with women yeah Totally. And when I think about the people that I didn't work with women, yes. you just, you know, your, uh, is, is Honeycutt. Eric Honeycutt and I have done some fucking great two-person things. Abso- let's go absolutely. back to this. Absolutely, and say, yeah. what, 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 What's Eric got? Eric has the Steppenwolf training. He's got the viewpoints training. He's got, he's like, he can tap into that shit. And I'm going, okay, let's go back, all the way back in the beginning of our conversation and go, when you've got the acting chops, and here's the thing, you better know that all improv is acting. So when you're in the motherfucking stage, everybody, know that it's called a scene for a reason. So I'm so much in agreement with that. And I was thinking recently, I'm a big basketball fan. And I was like watching the Golden State Warriors. And, and for people that are basketball fans, like they're, they're so good right now. Yeah, they won the championship last year, but they're going to, they're sort of at the point where they're on track to beat the Bulls all-time most wins in a season record, okay? Who's the, who's the coach? Uh, uh, Steve Kerr. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> Who, by the way, so it was on the, was was on on the Bulls championship team. Right. But, but, but when I watched, I recently watched them play, because a lot of times we also live in this world where, like, the same thing as I was saying before, like, well, you got to throw your stuff online. Well, all right. Generally, people's attention span online is a, a couple minutes, unless podcasts, which are a really cool new thing that's that's people do have patience for. And I feel like, in an odd way, 
and I don't mean this in a negative way, but I think it's like replacing reading in certain ways where people go like, I want to learn and I want to be entertained and those are the things you get out of reading and I want to be transported and it's, it's something really magical in that way. But I'm watching the, a full game, a full Warriors game, I recommend that anyone does and you don't even need to be a huge basketball fan because if you're watching and you're also a person who understands improvisation, they know how to... You're talking about Eric and playing with him and the training and all this. They know how to speed up and they know how to slow down. And they know how to be intense and they know how to let things come to them. And these are all the same things that, that are required of good actors and improvisers and, and, and improvisational actors, right? It's being able to read a situation and then add something of yourself to that situation that allows you to succeed and not just for you to succeed but for the person that you're in the situation with to succeed and I watch these guys and I just go like same thing with like a great chef or you know artists other types of artists but it's like having a palate it's like having this sixth sense this ability to go you know what we need a little more of right here it's not always about stand-up is so muscular and then also fine-tuned in certain ways mm-hmm. that it's 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 a um, it's it's an orchestra that is written you know and it is it is planned in this way. It's a symphony. It's a symphony, and uh, that's not basketball either because in stand-up you are imposing your great idea ultimately on an on an audience right, right. and you've you've crafted it right. and and what we do. And I, by the way, like, I know this isn't a popular thing to say all the time, but like, I think we're on the same page with this and sort of alluded to it earlier. There's some really bad improv that goes on. Most and, improv and, is bad. And, and most of it's really bad. Right. And that's okay because we all did bad improv at some point. And I always tell my classes this. Like, you shouldn't be holding yourself up to the to the few great groups that you see, you should be saying like, I want to get there. You also shouldn't be holding yourself back from the mistakes that you make for fear that you're going to no, look no, like no, because people. all those people did the did the mistakes. But but like it it's so it's amazing. I have people come out and see reckoning shows and they're writers or what whatever is it? it is. Thursday nights at ten right. with Cook County, it's a great night. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to see you guys over there. Sometimes still do, I believe. Yes, yeah. Uh, when it's good. It's really, it's really good. But, you know, it's the Malcolm Gladwell thing, and you, when you put that much time at something, and I think there's also a degree of, like, you know, you, you probably, uh, the people that are still doing it and are doing it at a really high level, most likely are, are it came somewhat easy to them early on, or they maybe wouldn't have stuck it out. I also think that they had the pro- they had training where somebody where they were able to connect with 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 that which someone was saying. Do you understand what I mean? Yes. Yeah, and I yes. think that's a major fucking thing. Totally. And so, you know, I've got people right now, I've got students of mine right now, uh, not who, yeah. who I hear saying, "I really had a hard time there," and I'm going, "It's not there. It's that person right, that was exactly, there. It's exactly. that teacher that was there." Which is tough, and that's why when when students or young improvisers approach me and they go, "You know, I'm thinking about doing this," and they, everyone wants to take like eight classes at once, which no. I think is terrible. Right. You know, I also think if you're burning out and you're seeing a million shows, I told a kid recently, like, one of the great things I learned to do over the years, I'm not currently teaching. Uh I would like to do some, I haven't done any in a while. I I really loved coaching when I did that. And I first came out here, 
I did a few workshops, but I also coached, and I really love working with groups like that. Um, but it's like, take a month off. Do right. not go to a theater. No. Like, go read books, go to right. movies, walk around, see your friends, go visit your family. Like, drop it, because you won't even know what's important about it to you I'm, unless it's it, you don't have it every single day. It goes yeah. back to what you're saying about Harold Ramis, and they're saying, you do this, you do that, yeah. you do this, you do that, you do this. When we hitch our pony to one fucking wagon, or when we hitch our wagon to one fucking pony, that's more like it. When we hitch our wagon to one fucking pony, yeah. um, what ends up happening is we're gonna, that, that pony's going to be fucking tired after a while. Yeah. And here's another thing. I am not defined by that one thing that I do. So if you say, I am an improviser, it's like, baby, that you're not an improviser. That's one of the things that you fucking do. That's and right. I look at what you're doing, writing and teaching and performing yeah, totally. and improv yeah. and on stage yeah. and all that shit. I'm going to go back to yeah, please. the... Uh, I want to go back to um, uh, uh, Steve Kerr's team, the Golden State Warriors. Yes, please. And um, and you were talking about you know somebody knowing what the situation was and knowing what to do in that situation. I think that's talking about you and Honeycutt playing together. Same right. Thing. Yeah. So I don't. I I agree with you, and I think that if you if you if you um, take that. What is this, when you say situation? What is it that we're talking about? For me, it's not a. It's the, for me, it is a situation. But within that uh, set of situation that we're calling situation is a person doing this thing, right? He's going down court and he's got the ball, and you can see that he's yeah. at half court or quarter yeah. court, yeah. or he's in the corner yeah. over there. And you, it, it is not the situation. It's that person and that person, and you going. Okay, I'm going to have to triangulate that. Now, here's another thing that I also yeah. noticed. From working and, and from watching Gretzky and watch uh, oh, Wayne yeah. Gretzky and because Dell would talk about Wayne Gretzky, talk about Gretzky and talk oh, about Michael that. Jordan. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, he would he yeah, would talk yeah. about that too because yeah. Gretzky and, and Michael Jordan were very similar. Yeah. So what he would say is, and it's this magical thing that you go, okay. So you would watch, um, uh, you would watch, um, you watch Kerr with the ball yeah. and Kerr's Kerr's going down down, down court with yeah. the ball and you're and you're watching him and you you see him like look one way and pass to right. another and you go that's fucking Michael Jordan was right there he knew right. that Jordan was there and Jordan is you know it goes up for a layup and right. it just b- bounces behind him and right. Pippen gets it yeah. and Pippen's just bouncing it over yeah. and he's about to hit and then just slides it over you're like how did he know that fucking coup coach was coming totally. now here's the way that he yeah. knows it is this this is the way that I feel yeah. and I feel that it's the same way with with um, with, with uh, Gretzky yeah. and it's the same thing that what we do yeah. is this Steve Kerr knows what Michael Jordan's steps sound like he knows the tempo of Michael Jordan's steps. He knows the speed and velocity uh, of which uh, he's coming at him. Pippen's coming at him. So he's not just looking at one situation. He's saying, and this is what we do in improvisation, it's the idea of I am I am present with everything. I am holding on to nothing. I am present with everything. Nothing is in my grip so that I can't grab whatever the fuck is going to come with me. Because whatever's going to come, I'm going to be able to grab it when I know that I'm going to grab it. So I know the sound of Pippin, Pippin, the the way that his shorts yeah, are moving. Totally. I know the fucking way that people move out of their way when they're coming down or come at Absolutely. him. Absolutely. If you are on defense and Jordan's coming down, you, there's a different... There, there's there's a different reaction that you have on defense to Jordan coming down than uh, name somebody that I didn't mention. Cook coach, uh, uh, you guy, but you did a pretty good job. Uh, oh God, Bobby Hansen. Okay, great, great, guys, yeah. great, good, good. 
We'll take Bobby Hansen. Who the fuck exactly. is Bobby Hansen? And he's like, Bobby Hansen coming down court. They're gonna like it's only Bobby Hansen. Right. Exactly. But you know, again, if I'm if I'm Steve Kerr and I'm watching BJ Armstrong. Oh, they're BJ, yeah, BJ, BJ. Yeah, BJ. Yeah, great, yeah. great example. So, so yeah, fucking great. Yeah, example. right. So BJ's. So <laughs> this is inside basketball now. So I'm coming down court. I'm facing. I'm facing my goal. I'm facing the the hoop, yeah. the basket. I'm facing the basket, and I'm watching everybody. Watch the people behind me. I'm going. Okay, they're watching. They're watching whatever Hanson. They're not watching BJ, who also had fucking greatness. Right. They're not watching Jordan. Right. right. And and I'm in relationship. I am in relationship to them being in relationship totally. to them being in relationship to the ball. That's it. And I would say that the great basketball teams that you and I, uh, those Bulls teams, this Warriors team, and the great improvisational troops, whether it's a pair or three or eight, is it's never, it can get really good if you're thinking about all that stuff all the time, but it can never transcend that and become something amazing unless you're so trusting and so comfortable in who it is you're doing this stuff with that you're doing it without thinking about it. Well, it goes and, back to you know, what you're saying about casting. Yeah. About casting. Yeah. Uh, because the only, and my, my joke these days is the only mistake you make in sex uh, and improv mm-hmm. is casting. I like that. You know? Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, nothing else like fucking that. matters. I like that. You yeah. know? Yeah. So you look at all of that. And <coughs> for me, I, I look at I look at all that and I go, okay. <laughs> um, I was in a group called Stacy's Not Here and Stacy's Not Here was Pete Gardner and Pete Marietta uh, oh, Pete wow. Gardner, Pete Marietta, uh, D. Ryan, Teresa Mulligan, wow. Evan Gore, and me. So it was six people. Wow. We were together for 15 years. Wow. Um, now, what Peter Marietta said when he threw us all together was yeah. this. He goes, I want to make a band. We're making yeah. a band. Yeah. And each one of us is going to play a different fucking instrument yeah. in a band. And it's not the idea of we're going to make a super team. He's it, oh, he's so fucking yeah, great. Yeah, I love that guy. He's so really great. And it's not we're making a... It was like we're going to make the super team. Because yeah. the fucking super team is all about the ego. Totally. You know, it's going to be this thing. Yeah. Instead of it's going to go, who do I want to play with? That's right. That's right. That's right. And it goes back to life. That's Who right. do I fucking want to play with That's in my right. life? That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's amazing how simple it is and how easily we all gum it up. Well, why do we gum it you up? You know what I mean? Fear. Right. Yeah. And, right. And, fear. And, and, and the insecurity you, and fear. But you mentioned both things. You mentioned fear is fear is what gums it up, but you also said trust. And fear's great, by the way. Oh, Because fear. fear's fantastic. I mean, it... it, 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 it it can get us to really good places, but but the truth is, is that like at some point, if you're not able to recognize that that's what it is and, and let it have its due and have its place, then you're and run its course. Yeah, and the idea of saying fear needs to run its course and fear needs to run its course doesn't end with you dying. No. Fear needs to run its course so that you can get through to the fear and to say I got through the fear and the feeling of getting through. That's the fear. that's right. That's the muscle memory that. For I think people that that we all uh, have loved watching, no matter what it is they're doing, whether it's music, sports, improv, um, they figured out what that feels like to 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 push through and know that that's part of the process and that there's there's greatness on the other side of that. But there's know? also greatness in pushing through the process. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. Who uh, uh, Jimmy Page? Somebody, uh, a guy in London, who I met in London, one of my students in London, uh, Mark 
Tyndall. Um, good British name. Really good British name. Yeah. A very, very proper, wonderful D- British name. Uh, T-I-N-D-A-L-L? No, it's a T-I-N-D-A-L-L. Like Tyndall as in Kindle. Great. Uh, really great. Um, so he is a younger person, and he's into uh, to Zeppelin. And mm-hmm. I don't remember. Oh, so what was He posted online Jimmy Page sitting down at a turntable and then playing um, Stairway to Heaven. And him saying what the fucking process of Stairway to Heaven is. Yeah. It's hard to believe that there was a time when there wasn't a song called Stairway yeah, to Heaven. Yeah, that's right. And he was talking about what it, what, what was the, uh, what was the onus, what was the onus of it, and what was the process with oh. it. And the process with it is this: and it's a really interesting process. The process is this: they didn't have the words until after they yeah. recorded it. Yeah. Okay, there's one, two. The recording of it was, the building of it was an unfolding. Mm. Dun, 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 dun. And as it went on, what ended up happening was they were adding more things to it, yeah. adding more things to it, opening it up. And then Jimmy Page says this. He said, we played against the rules as a session musician. You never speed up. And he goes, we fucking sped it, it up, up yeah. at the time that we sped it up. And if you listen to it, John Bonham on drums doesn't come until fucking later right, on. Exactly. So know when you've got to pass that ball. Know when you've got to hold on to totally. that ball. Know when you've got to stand there so that your partner who is walking into the scene comes to fucking you, man. When are they coming to you? Don't That's go it. to them unless they want you to. When you watch the Warriors play, the thing that you're saying is so true because... Even though everyone will talk about Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, these two guys that are this, the Jordan and Pippen of that team, if you don't have a Kerr and a BJ and Cliff Livingston and all these guys right down the line who not only are ready to pass it at the right moment, but are also unafraid to shoot it when it's their turn to shoot, none of it works. Because the second that everyone knows where everything is coming from, you, you've now made it very easy for people to understand what things are about in the same way that when we watch great improv, it's like the really good groups are the ones where you go like, oh, this is unexpected. There's stuff coming from different places. And yes, I know that they can do that. She can do that. But like on some nights it flips and and suddenly there's things happening in ways that I'm not expecting them and it's really it gets to be really cool I totally agree yeah and it's those moments that it's also none of those people none of those people the the characters the actors the players that you just mentioned are are taking are standing in their own sunshine at all. No, because the most fun's being had by just moving the ball around right. and making it as easy for each other as possible. There's beauty in, in, in turning something complicated into something incredibly simple. That's the other thing is like, even the reckoning recently we've been going like, because we've, we've sort of gotten back together. I mean, there were, there were years and years where we really weren't doing anything together because we had a couple people in New York, a couple people in LA, and a bunch of people in Chicago. Now that there are like, on any given night, like eight of us out here, um, it's we've gone like, well, we can do a pretty good show without talking about anything before the show. But on nights where it doesn't feel like we're clicking, why isn't it clicking and, and what can we do differently? And so we kind of challenge ourselves week to week with, and maybe we'll go three weeks in a row where we'll go like, let's do three really patient two-person scenes at the top right. to build some kind of base for ourselves and give us touchstones to return to. Sometimes we'll say, let's do six really fast scenes because our energy last time was a real, like it was lagging out of the gates. Um, but those little things that we do to give ourselves 
you know, stuff to work with are everything for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, I totally know. Yeah. And, and, and as you're saying that, I'm thinking, okay, if, if I'm in that cast with you and you and... Name the people in the group. Uh, well, I used to call him... I still call him Pat O'Brien, but now he's Mike O'Brien. Right. Um, Holly Laurent, Jed Eveleth, Eric Honeycutt, Charlie McCracken, Bo Gullitzer, Jake Schneider, Brian Jack... Eddie Pena, I'm uh, Bo J. I don't think. I hope. Oh God, I think I got everyone there. Okay, That's fine. A lot of people so there. you're sitting there watching yeah. a scene yeah. with Eric and Jack. And I'll just watch. And you're just watching. Oh, And here's the thing: you're sitting watching the watching. scene with Eric and Jet. And what you're watching is the scene with Eric and Jet. You're not watching you watch you not be in that scene. <coughs> you're not watching you watch you not be in that scene. You're present to the ball coming down court. And totally. what you got to do is stand in the way so asshole from the Pistons can't. That's right. That's right. You know, there's nothing better. I mean, and, and I and I think that some people who watch me would go like, "Yeah, he does do that a lot." And I don't know that it's a thing that people are like, "I love that," but I can tell you that it's purely selfish. Which is that I love popping in to just add a little something to a scene that's already happening to help the audience and help the players see it that much. Uh, you know more fully it, it, it could be a little piece of context it could be something comedic but your doesn't reason have to be your reason for coming in isn't I haven't been in the show no way it, it, it's like oh well I know they're on a date but I think it would be a lot funnier and more interesting if we if we knew they were on a date at a fondue place right. and their shoes are off yeah exactly you know like why are their shoes right. off there and right. then now they've got another little thing that they can play sometimes it's in a scene that is not struggling but maybe it's um it's lying, you know, uh, down a little bit. And sometimes it's in a scene that's just like off the rails, so fun and bonkers that you go like, I think actually this will still be fun because it's it. just, it, it can take it. It can take it. It can take it, it can and take your it. reason, and your reasoning, so a scene is fucking cooking and you're yeah. on stage with that scene cooking and you sit back and go, oh, it's fucking cooking. Yeah. Or the, the, the scene is fucking cooking and you're on stage going, oh, I can be an ingredient here. Totally. I can be an ingredient. Exactly. And it's, no one to ju- it's knowing when to jump in as an ingredient and knowing when to sit back and go, you know what, this doesn't require rosemary. A hundred percent. And then also knowing that like by dropping something in there, I almost never will return after the first time I do it. It's just literally, here's this if you want it. It'll never take away from what's happening in the scene, at least in my mind. I'm sure sometimes it does. But, you know, it's sort of like, here's another thing. If you need another instrument, this is here for you if you need it. If you want me to come back with it again, I will. Um, And it's not a thing, you know, again, I probably do it more than I should. It's always for uh, the right reason, but I don't know that it, you know, hopefully it it, it does what what I'm trying to do with it. But it's... um, but and, and then obviously more times than not, I'm just watching the scenes with Eric and Jet, for instance, and going like, "Oh man, these guys are so good." And what's great about them is that with everyone in that group, it's like everyone has got their own really, really wild imagination, and then a really well defined set of things about them that makes them them that are so different from one another. I mean, just really, really different. I mean. You know, not like that the ethics are wildly different in morals, but just sort of like where they're from, who they are, where you would find them Wednesday at 3 p.m. on any given week. You know what I mean? And like what they're up to and who they date and who they're mating. And just like, it's it's really cool. Yeah. It goes back to the ensemble. Totally. Totally. Yeah, right? I mean, it is the easiest thing to help define 
you know, other than making it up, which is a, a big thing too, but like what's different about this than doing stand-up or writing a script and casting it? I mean, it's sort of like, you know, it's it's more than one of us. And we're saying like, I'd love to do that. It's the Marietta thing. Like, I would love to put this group of people together and see what happens there, you know? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Let's end there. That was great. Wow, it's all about collaboration, connection, and energy. I also think this is the most I've ever spoken about basketball. Thank you, Brad Morris. Ladies and gentlemen, here's a new section called I'll Be At Gig Details at DavidRozowski.com. As always, I'll be at our Hollywood drop-in when I'm in L.A. Interested in what I teach? This is the place to go. AK Studios, Wednesdays, 4 to 7 p.m. April 15th through 17th, I'll be teaching the you workshop in Philly at the Wilma Theater. April 23rd, I'll be teaching a Viewpoints workshop in D.C. at the D.C. Improv. Yeah, that one. And April 30th with Kirkland Moody, I'll be teaching a commercial audition workshop at Zydeco Studios. Yep, that. Again, details at DaveRozowski.com. ADD Comedy with Dave Rozowski is produced by Laura Parker and me. If you liked our show, give us a positive note on iTunes, won't you? Send questions and comments to Dave at ADDComedy.com. Thanks, and we'll hear you in our ears.